Today on Doing Good, the podcast. In 2020, going out to eat became a pleasure we learned to appreciate more than ever. Nothing like being told you cannot do something to make you want to do something more than ever. But for some in every city and every town in America, out to eat is out of the question. Food is not in the budget. Forget about a decent meal in a decent sit-down dining room. One Acre Cafe thinks it should not be that way. With the motto, to nourish the body, replenish the spirit, and grow the community so that all might be fed, One Acre Cafe opened in 2012 in Johnson City, Tennessee. Here, guests can come in, have a seat, and eat delicious, healthy food, regardless of their ability to pay. Sounds incredible. Well, today you're going to meet Michelle Watts. She's the executive director and Ashley Cavender, the volunteer and development coordinator at One Acre Cafe. They're going to share the story of how the One Acre Cafe was born, how good food for everyone is literally changing lives, and how it's a way you can do good wherever you call home. Hi, everyone. My name is Susanna. And I'm Elijah. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast where we and our parents talk about the good that's happening in our community and the people that are making those good things happen. So we actually just kind of sit here until we're told to talk, but we're actually the funny ones, so stick around and listen. Good morning, everyone. This is Becky Powers, and we're here today on um, Doing Good, the podcast, and my good friends are here with me. Everybody want to say hi? Roll call. Hi, Susanna here. So glad to be your friend. <laughs> Elijah here, also happy. Elijah's like, Shh, you're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, hi, I'm uh, Josh, and I consider us the Doing Good Gang. That's what our executive producer Layton called us in the show description notes from one of the previous episodes. The Doing Good Gang the is doing back. Good gang. That's I awesome. Love that. that sounds like a 1970s kids TV show. More like the Boxcar Children. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more like the Electric Company, where the Doing Good Gang. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I too was in the 70s. So. <laughs> no, you weren't even <laughs> begun to be thought of in the 70s. Have you seen The Electric Company? No. Oh, oh you I guys haven't. need to watch oh The Electric gosh. Company. That was formative. Oh my gosh, you've never seen The Electric Company. What no, about The Teletubbies? When was that? The Teletubbies was the late 80s, early 90s, wasn't it? You didn't see The Teletubbies? The whole Tinky Winky... They weren't alive, Josh. It's but I was there for literally every moment of both of your lives, and I don't remember the fact that you'd not seen that. The electric company did not have the uh, transcendent power of the other big one, the other public radio juggernaut, public television juggernaut, the Sesame Street. Sesame Street, yeah, not Sesame Sesame Street. Street Timeless. The Sesame Street. Oh, the Sesame Street. Can you tell me? Electric Company was. Um, the founding program for which very famous actor, famous actor, and see these two won't know, and I'm really there were a lot of famous people who came out of the electric company. He was the vampire on the electric company, Morgan Freeman. You knew this, oh. of course, I knew this. Yes, I'm I a knew trivia that. queen. Have we never played trivia? <laughs> we never met. 
Uh, no, I have never played Trivial Pursuit You've with you. You've never played yeah. Trivial Pursuit yeah. with me. Yeah, you don't I want to. can elevate Trivial Pursuit to. to an Olympic sport. Morgan Freeman was the stuff of my five-year-old nightmares. Now, I oh, will watch a show uh-huh. to see Morgan Freeman as a vampire. I'll, oh, I'll he that. was yeah. creepy. Like, it yeah. was It was like, what were you thinking? There were, so it was, it was geared towards an older audience yeah. than Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. There's just some iconic things that still crop up in my mind brain like the two mouths like saying um taking a word and breaking it down oh, yes. phonetically yes right? yes yes yeah. yes unfortunately i can only think of swear words right now <laughs> like okay that's probably that was not the, on the electric on company the electric, but i bet yeah. they did it like at the rap party oh you know yeah you know, tons of fun we've so, got to pull that up i'm sure that the kids could stream it somewhere you guys oh no that. i have the dvds i have the entire electric company on dvd because i was going to introduce it to them but i put the first episode on when they were younger mm-hmm. and they were just like nah so okay. I've got them. Hey, I might take those DVDs down to our little lake getaway this weekend. Oh, yeah. Vacation being planned. And just stream it in the background. Look how excited Elijah looks about that. I thought we were doing 80s movies. Yeah, we should. We should do something. So I thought I thought we were going to do Hunger Games. I'm going to be in the lake. It's mm. going to be. The weather has taken a turn for the worse. Oh, man. So Locked whenever in. you're watching the, like li- the listening the to this, anyway. yeah, vacations are being planned. Yes. Which is a luxury. Yes. And it made me think about, you know, really, truly the whole idea of going out to eat and the luxury. I'm wondering, that was my uh, approach. Do you all agree with that? I mean, has going out to dinner, breakfast, lunch become sort of like more special to you in 2020 than maybe it was in 2019? Thoughts? Share? What do you mean? Sharing. It's so much more rare now, and it's something that you have to plan in advance at this point. Yeah. For us, at least. You know, mom, yeah, because your mom still won't go and yeah, sit in a restaurant. My mom's still a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. A your lot. mom, a oh, little. No. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate it a lot more now. To be fair, we almost never went anyway. That's true. <laughs> so true. it was a rare occasion, like just to go anywhere. So things haven't changed too much. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's ex- exactly how it was before. You just have to wear a mask now. I don't know, there went that period though when everything shut down, you know. Right. Where oh, yeah, there was like anyway. three months, definitely. Yeah, and now, now, like someone walking up to your table with specials, it's yeah, like, it, it just feels felt like wonderful. three months, but in reality, it was five weeks. It felt like started. five years. Yeah, I've did. lost complete track of time. I know. I mean, I, I totally get that. But I still, I I mean, are you, we did go sit in a restaurant on Susanna's 17th birthday. Um, I called, I tried to get a seat on the patio at the restaurant that we went to and, um, and they, the patio doesn't open till four. Mm. Um, so we, I wouldn't know Becky. I restaurant. wasn't invited to that party. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, Elijah. Were you invited? I don't remember. It's for the girls, you know, the gal pals. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> and, and so it felt special, right? No, I sat there the whole time. Pretty sure I was getting Corona. <laughs> So, oh, back to your comment you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> this must be very strange for you, Susanna, because you work at a grocery store uh, where it's like literally on the front line with humanity. Imagine so. doing that. Except death. <laughs> Honestly, you have to. <laughs> and Elijah, you too. I mean, every day you're sort of like face to face with people. Well, not every day, just on the weekend. So it made me think, have you ever been in a restaurant? Did you Do you have any memory of being in a place or a situation where you wanted, you were hungry, you wanted food, but you did not have the money? 
And I'm not talking about like life didn't have the money, just maybe you didn't have it with you. Has that ever happened to you guys? Well, you hungry. You, you pay for all my food, so well, I didn't think it had happened. I am I'm... the wrong person to ask. Yeah, I've... my answer is no. No, you've no. never no. had that happen to you. So I have this bad habit of tucking my wallet places. Um, and I, I know can't... where you tuck your cell phone. Oh well, no, no, I have the bad <laughs> habit. And so anyway, I'm not revealing to the general public um, and people in Germany. You've um, already revealed where to the general public. I'm going where I tuck my wallet. But how did she reveal it? Theme parks. It. Um, <laughs> That's my phone, people. I'm talking about Josh's question was, have you ever gotten someplace and didn't, didn't have the have money? Food. And you were hungry. You really wanted no, to eat. No, 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 no. See, this is, that's not going to happen to us. Um, but There's usually like, snacks in the it's minivan. It's like running out of toilet paper. That's not happening to me. <laughs> um, so we... Um, but I, I I understand that feeling of can't pay for this because... Um, I will put my, my wallet places in the car and then I'll go into a, the grocery store thinking I have my wallet and I get there and they start checking me out and I don't have my wallet. And so I have yeah. to be like, I don't have my wallet. I need to run out to the car and get my wallet. So, and th yeah. Thankfully you have a wallet. Right. With the ability. And, and it's like complete white privilege right because my wallet is right where i can get it but yeah. so i don't i get i don't guess i know that feeling of i'm so hungry and i have no money so how do i eat i don't i don't have that experience do you well you know people talk about it and we talk about it how it, there are people who i think it's just super hard to imagine mm -hmm. the reality for a lot of people mm -hmm. and that's why i'm excited to have the one acre cafe people coming mm -hmm. today because i think that they live it mm -hmm. every single day mm -hmm. and you know be moving beyond just like here's a box of powdered milk and and some just general staples right. they are they're fixing fabulous healthy food mm -hmm. but uh it happened to me once and uh this was actually the very first date i went on with your mother elijah we went to a restaurant and i got to the restaurant and i had no money oh ouch yeah that's humiliating and she went on and married me that uh, is many many years that's some later poor planning there Josh. so well i know it was just like poor planning it was like the first date I, a real date i ever went on with her where was your money i forgot it at home Oh. Yeah, I was like, I was going to pull this off myself, and I've got everything. I got my deodorant. I had hair gel on when I had hair, and I had my members-only jacket. And, you know, I was nice. rocking, but nice. I had no cash. And I'll never forget that feeling of sitting in the restaurant. Absolutely. Mortified. We're at the House of Ribs in Johnson City, and you—and it's not like you our had executive your cell producer phone. Layton knows. Oh, there was no cell yeah, phone. Yeah, it's not like you had your cell phone, and you could call your parents and Quarter be like, the, "Would you please bring me my wife?" Guess who paid for my dinner? Uh, your wife, my future wife. Yeah, yeah. That at the House of moves, Ribs, man. <laughs> it was horrifying. Suzanne, it was, what would you do if you were on a date with a guy? First and you got date, down and he didn't have any money. I would do the same and definitely give him a hard time about it. Uh, yeah, does yeah. she give you a hard time about it? Uh, no, but you know my wife. She's oh, just, she's so sweet. She was, she's so sweet. She looked at. She's like, oh, don't, don't worry about it. I think her pity factor was already like full blast anyway oh, for me, goodness. and the fact she even went out. So it's like, oh, this is not surprising. I would. I, on the other hand, would have never let you live that down. You probably wouldn't have. Yeah, but you know that was that was humiliating. Yeah, and I think uh, you you touched on it. I think one of the biggest things is not the fact that people can't get food, 
but it's the type of food that they're able to get. Yeah. Because there a lot of um, there's a good percentage of people that are not able to afford good food, but most people can afford at least some food, at least uh, in the area where mm-hmm. we live. Um, but then get help. And yeah, get the qual the actual quality of the food has like a huge implications in the quality of their life. Um, it, it can affect so many different things, um, just what you're eating on a day-to-day basis. And people with a lower income, you know, they don't have access to good, nutritious, healthy food, and they're oftentimes resorting to um, basically just junk food. Yeah. The type of food that Hudson would just eat all day. But, yeah, Hudson um, being his younger brother. Yeah. We were um, talking about this earlier. Essentially, anything prepared, processed, <laughs> cheap, it's his... That's his lane. No, I I got two kids who would eat fast food 24-7. I mean, I got three kids who would eat fast food 24-7. Guys, have you heard of Instagram? You, Susanna? No, no, I haven't. Elijah, have you? Because on Instagram, I follow One Acre Cafe. If you haven't, you're going to hear about this in a moment. And I'll see their (laughs) pictures of the food they're serving. Oh, so good. It's like they really try hard to make it delicious and wonderful food. So... I think that's going to be so I'll cool to see, follow. hear how they, yeah, how they take the idea of feeding people who need the food and translate it even beyond that to making it a really dignifying experience where you are treated right. like somebody who just like in a, like I was treated at House of Ribs, you know, when I was sitting there unable to pay. The waiter didn't care, brought my food out. I mean, I'm sure he was prepared for me to do dishes if I couldn't. And my, my, my date stepped up and helped. So I think that's that's really the cool thing, and I think also too we're going to find out that the it's this it's kind of a global movement. This idea that you can help people have really good food and pay what they can where they are, and they could do that anywhere, literally in any community. So uh, I'm excited to hear how that works. Yeah, and I've seen the same concept pop up in other bigger cities, really. But to how to make it start, you know, start it and launch it. That's the thing I'm very I, interested in finding that, out. I can't even imagine how they go about paying for the food. And getting the building and right. hiring the people and, and yeah, all the stuff that goes and, into the, mm-hmm. the part. So it's going to be cool to hear them share what how the, how it came to be. I agree. And so I, and, and, and anybody can go, too, so that, you know, it's open to everyone. Right. So uh, um, anyway, it's going to be kind of... Um, Cool to hear from Michelle Watts and Ashley Cavender from One Acre Cafe and hear what they have to say. Excellent. And so without further ado, Michelle Watts and Ashley Cavender with One Acre Cafe. Hey, everybody. We're here today talking with Michelle Watts and Ashley Cavender um, about the One Acre Cafe and all the good that they're doing, um, helping to feed the community. Um, And... um, super excited to talk to you guys. This has been something that I have kind of watched grow from the beginning. Um, I've also heard stories about other places and in bigger towns that have done this. And I've always thought it was really, really interesting that you would take this on in Johnson City. And then um, when we were talking about who are going to be guests on our podcast, Josh has consistently mentioned, um, Michelle, you guys with One Acre Cafe from the very beginning. You know, I was coming up with people I know and, and Josh knows everybody. So I was like, whatever. She was like Bill Gates. Let's go yeah, Oprah. Yeah, Dolly Parton. And, and yeah. Josh is throwing out One Acre Cafe 
consistently from the very beginning. I was trying to sell you on it. And it works! You don't have to sell me on it at all. I mean, I can tell they're doing good. And then I've also noticed um, when I come into Johnson City, the homeless population is is a lot more visible here. And I don't know if that's a function of the fact that there are more homeless people here in, um, in Johnson City, Washington County, than there have been in years gone by. Or, um, or if they're just more, I don't, I don't really know the homeless problem. That's something I think we're also going to need to it's talk about. It's a major, about. major question and issue of discussion. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. It? So, um, you know, so I'm super interested to hear about what y'all have to tell us and educate us um, and educate our <laughs> teens about, um, you know, how do you go about feeding a community? So, um, yeah, cool. 2012. 2012. How, yeah. I, I remember when it happened, but tell Me us, too. how did it start? <laughs> Get, take us back to the birth of One Acre Cafe. Well, first, thanks for having us. We're really, really Definitely. glad that you thought yeah. of us, John. You've oh, been a big supporter uh, since the you've beginning. You've been doing good for, for years. So 2012. Um, it's a you know really long story that we probably don't have time for, but the short version is um, Jan Orchard is our founder. And she brought myself, her son Brian, and Beverly Jenkins aboard with this crazy idea of hers to have a nonprofit cafe in Johnson City. And everybody really did think that we were crazy to do this. Because the idea is what? The idea is that folks can come in and they can pay a suggested donation. They can pay more to pay it forward. And if they can't afford to pay, they can volunteer in exchange for their meal. They can also pay less, but we encourage them if they can't afford to pay the suggested donation that they just volunteer Mm -hmm. and help us out because we always need extra hands. Mm -hmm. So that's the premise that, you know, they pay or they don't pay. And so, you know, in the restaurant world, that's insane. But in our world, <laughs> that's a deal breaker. Yeah. yeah. In our world it works and and it works really well and you know, we always have just enough, we always have just enough people, the people show up that need to be there and it's just an amazing place. So oh. Now that's 2012, and right. as Becky mentioned, uh, this was not an idea born in Johnson City. There, it was a model that was kind of in development and even in practice in some other places. Where did right. you go, and how did you find examples of what could happen in, in this community or any community? Well, we had seen an article uh, about a lady named Denise Serretta who had a cafe like this in Salt Lake many, many years ago. I think it was 2008, maybe, is when her started. And um, so we reached out to her. And found out that this is a big network of community cafes that she started the One World Everybody Eats Foundation that helps these cafes get started, not financially, but just with advice. And here's how we did it, what we did right, what we did wrong. Mm-hmm. She connected us to um, Renee in, in Boone, North Carolina. She runs the Farm Cafe, which is, which is just over the hill from us. Exactly. Just it, right it, across the mountain, as we say. <laughs> and I interrupted you. She runs what? The Farm Cafe. It's okay. called Feed. It's Feed All Regardless of Means. Oh. And it's a really neat cafe. If you haven't been, you should go. Mm-hmm. Um, they serve a little differently. Of course, right now during COVID, everything's different. Mm-hmm. Sure. But um, we are a full service restaurant. We serve at the table. We take your order, all that stuff at the table. Whereas a Farm Cafe, you go through and pick out more diner style. Mm-hmm. Pick out what you want. And each one helps reduce food waste in, the, in our own way. We have three different plate sizes, which helps reduce food waste. And then they reduce food waste by allowing you to choose how much you want of each thing. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so then we went from there and we were introduced to Bride and Libby Berkey, who had the same cafe in Denver. And there are probably 60, I think, 50 or 60 mm-hmm. of these community cafes nationwide now. Awesome. So, yeah. 
That is so great. Yeah. And here we are in rural Johnson City, Tennessee, Northeast Tennessee, up the mountains. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you're chugging it out. Yes. Eight years later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in eight years, I mean, that's not something to sneeze at. We see it's restaurants really come and go just yeah. um, quick around here. Oh, yeah. So a, there's got to be some sort of benchmark for <laughs> how long a restaurant has to be in business um, in order for it to be considered stable. Yeah. I wonder what that benchmark is. Know, we'll Do you guys know? <laughs> but it, I, but it's yeah. got to be somewhere lower yeah. than eight, I would think. Oh, I for think sure. once you're at eight. Most restaurants don't last the first couple of years. Right. I mean, if they don't And they're get totally for profit. The right. Totally, yes, totally for profit. And nonprofits also have a pretty tough yeah. time staying viable also. So, you know, I think, I think when you're talking about having been in been with open doors feeding the community right. for eight years that's a significant achievement right. it really is and we're very proud of it <laughs> so ashley for our viewers or li- viewers sorry <laughs> other hat when view when listeners are uh, they're kind of I, I trying to maybe already picturing in their mind they've never been what what is it like so I think it's so important to understand that this is not a soup kitchen, <laughs> as you might be thinking that to be. Yes, you know, right. we all have our mental ideas of what things are, and especially if you've never lived in that world, um, you know, you don't know. So walk us into it. What's it like when somebody walks in? Paint a picture of walking into One Acre Cafe. It is the most vibrant community-oriented place I have ever been in. Um, I've been with One Acre now for almost two years, Mm -hmm. I think. And just community just seeps out of every corner of this Mm -hmm. building. Um, You come in and you're greeted with a warm smile, um, asked to sit down. You can see the specials for the day. You can see the menu. Again, this is Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-corona. This is the world we're going to go back to. Yes, yes. Um, You can see the the menu and it's, I mean, it is a gourmet menu. You've got the entree featured for the day, which changes every day based on donations that we receive. You've got sandwiches options you've got side options a dessert um all the things so you can pick your option your plate size based on your hunger level and be served by volunteer servers and catch up with everyone and have a good conversation we have community tables which are my favorite part um you could come in by yourself and sit at a community table and be joined by a friend or be joined by a stranger and make a friend by the end of your meal. That's so. very like a European approach, right? Yeah. Where we're also used to our little individual tables, but that's a table where you could sit next yes. to somebody. Yes. I think it's just a really beautiful concept to be able to bring food and people together under one roof and the diversity of people that come through our doors and just marrying all of those together and creating such a community loving relationship. Mm. So it's like a, it's a restaurant. It's the happiest restaurant that you could go to. I agree. And so, and so, you know, when you mentioned gourmet food, Mm. we're kind of food and you're going to talk to some teenagers in a moment who Mm -hmm. are food addicts and i know they want to talk to you about the uh and order the large when you come <laughs> well maybe we should talk about that but you made an intentional point i know now in covid you're doing all medium Correct. plates right yes. yeah things are a little different i right do now. stalk you on social on instagram yeah. that's you yeah. ashley right yeah. you do such a good social job media guru over there. of 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 i mean you market 
Market it. Thank you. And I know we keep saying like a real restaurant. Well, it is a real restaurant. I know. You yeah. know. <laughs> you, do, do you know what I mean? Like, but uh, I see there's there's a real intentionality in that mm-hmm. sort of portion thing. And I'd love to know why you did that. Um, it's for a couple of reasons. Affordability. The you know the plate sizes are five, seven, and nine. Small, medium, and large. Um, and it's you know we have a lot of senior citizens that come in there and they only want a small portion and we don't want them to have to buy a big plate of food when they only want a small portion because again it's about food waste mm-hmm. you know if we if we're scraping all the food off in the trash then we're defeating the purpose mm-hmm. of fighting hunger that kills you doesn't yeah. it i could i yeah, bet it absolutely does absolutely it does <laughs> yeah yeah but so, really we don't do it that often no, because, because of the model of the, that we yeah. have yeah and those that order a large you know, are a lot of times are more food insecure and they are ordering that large because they want to take part of it with them to eat later. Mm-hmm. And we allow them to do that. You sure. know, we give them a to-go container and they can take it with them and eat it later. So, okay. How did you, how how long were you guys closed in the springtime when the... Not never. Long. I mean, we closed for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just to reevaluate our situation and get ramped up for what was coming at us. And so, so. and so... <clears throat> Susanna in the intro mentioned that I'm crazy um, because I still feel very um, insecure about going into a restaurant and eating, you know, that's an enclosed space Mm -hmm. with people that I don't know. Yeah. And um and you can't wear your mask while you're eating in a restaurant. Right. So I'm still very leery about eating inside of a restaurant and I'm starting to stress out a little bit about it. I mean, we haven't gone out to eat much, but mm-hmm. we're at the point now where we're going out to eat a couple times a month. Um but I'm very worried about it because um and now it's getting cold. Mm-hmm. And I so my strategy has been, well, we'll just eat outside. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, how have you been dealing, how, how, how would you sell me on uh, let's go sit down at One Acre Cafe? Well, right now our dining room's still closed um, okay. because we have the yeah. same insecurities. We have a very small staff, right? you know, we only have five, six staff members now mm-hmm. and we have to be very protective of ourselves oh, because gotcha. if we get sick, we shut down and then we can't feed the almost Correct. 200 people a day that we feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very careful and very protective mm-hmm. and we only allow a couple of volunteers in every day, and they are veteran volunteers that have been with us since the beginning, and we know we can trust them to be safe right. and to be honest with us about their activities outside the cafe. And, you know, we do that for our protection, but also so that we can keep feeding our community, because if we get, if one of us goes down, we all go down. So you're just doing to-go orders yes, right now. Yes, we're only doing takeout. And you don't have any outdoor seating. We have a couple tables on the deck that we allow people to, if they okay. choose, they can sit out there, but it's only for about four people. You know, right. It's a very small area. So so what does that look like then if I decide I want lunch from One Acre Cafe? Um, do we call and order or you order online? Swing on by and get it. I it's gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Packed up and ready to go. And you can still order off the menu. Well, it's just the one option Okay, right now. Right now. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. things are very different right now. And we've done that because so that we could streamline the process I because gotcha. we are feeding so many people in right. need right now right. and so it's in trying to social distance and keep things moving quickly we've decided we're just going to do the one meal option every day and it's a medium-sized portion and you know if there's a an allergy issue or something sometimes we'll fix something for somebody special you know if they mm-hmm. need it sure but most of the time it's just the same meal going out every day okay. for everybody so. okay You know, so people have some have the luxury to go, well, I'm not going to go out to eat. I I have plenty of food at home. Mm -hmm. You could not close. I'm getting the feeling because Mm -hmm. if you did, what would happen? I mean, people would go hungry. 
(laughs) We have we feed a lot of people and they depend on us. And when we are not open, they say, I haven't eaten all weekend because, you know, I didn't have anywhere to go. So they come to us on Monday really hungry. So we make big meals and hearty meals on Mondays to make sure that they're fed well. And, you know. Yeah, you have to keep in mind we're Johnson City is a rural, small community. So when you look at the amount of organizations that are directly feeding those that are food insecure, it's it's not. Especially on the weekend. Very yeah. many. Yeah. So, you know, we do have other nonprofits that we've been working with. But mm-hmm. for the most part, like we're we're the only one doing like a warm, wholesome, nourishing meal that really just like, you know, feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think that they really appreciate that. They tell us that every day. Um, and I think it really is helpful for them. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. What, you know, it's one thing to feed somebody and the the hunger pain goes away. But what I've noticed is, uh, okay, side story. When I have, when uh, when I've been in there before and I've prior to COVID, you look over and there's some dude in a suit who obviously is a fan of one acre cafe and he's a supporter. He could buy his own, you know, looks are deceiving, but I happen well, to know he are. could, he could completely, you know, and, and you don't, you just, you know, you can't assume, Yeah. but I'm, I'm assuming that right. he, he could probably have gone to any restaurant, but he chose to be there because he loved the food and he wanted exactly. it. Then across the way was somebody who's obviously suffering and mm-hmm. struggling from the way they look. So side story finished now. What struck me was that you're doing way more than just filling bellies. Mm-hmm. What's that? What is that other thing that's happening? We're loving them. <laughs> and, it, and it speaks to dignity. We're giving them dignity. We're loving them right where they are in life and taking care of them. Aww. I knew that question was going to yeah. get her. <laughs> Podcast listeners, this is someone who gets choked up by the truth of what I'm you're saying. I'm a crier saying. and I'm an ugly crier. So you can't see me right now. Um, you're not ugly yeah, at all. It's, it's all about love and dignity. It's all about just right where they are. Yeah, I get you, man, because that's what, that's my love language. It's food, you know, and feeding people really gets me, um, really, it it, it is the purest expression of love that I can offer. And, um, and for you guys to be taking such a vulnerable population and offering them that love and comfort is, um, it's huge. I get it. I really yeah. do. Well, I'm um, giving them the same meal that right that you're going to give to the guy in the yeah. business they get suit. The same treatment. They get the same special order if they need it. They get the same everything. Right. What because that, they deserve that. What does that do in a human life? Oh, it just when there's them an up e- so when much. everybody's at has an equal seat at the table. I mean, they feel like they belong. They it's their cafe, and we tell them that all the time because this cafe is completely supported by the community. Right. It is truly a community cafe. And we tell them that all the time. This is your cafe. You have to help take care of it. You have to help feed other people. When you come in here and volunteer for your meal, you're helping to feed someone else. So it's very important to them that they feel needed and wanted and appreciated, just like anybody else. So what does that look like? So, okay, so say I am somebody who's food insecure, Mm -hmm. okay? And say I'm a 16-year-old and haven't been, haven't been, haven't had anything to eat right Mm -hmm. and so i know i can come to one acre cafe and i can get a hot nourishing meal um but i'm you know i know that i'm gonna have to do some volunteer work so Mm -hmm. what 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 does that look like well first it's just come on in and get a seat and let's get you something to eat okay and then we'll work out the rest later i gotcha Mm -hmm. and then ashley takes over (laughs) (laughs) well yeah so it's priority i mean obviously 
you need to be fed. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can eat their food, get whatever they want, you know, just hang out, have good conversation. A lot of the times we'll try to sit down with them and just, just check in. How are they doing? Um, but then outside of that, if they're able, then they could help with breakdown. Um, they could serve right then when they're done. I mean, th- the level of volunteerism is so diverse. You know, you could go pull some weeds out of our garden to, you know, helping us bust tables to helping chop vegetables in the kitchen, you know, depending on your comfort level and where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could just sweep the floor if that's all you can do. And that is, and it's all equal. Yeah. You can um, polish silverware. If you can't get up and walk around, you yeah. can sit in your wheelchair and you can polish silverware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we I mean, will find, yeah, we will find something for you to do regardless of, you know, where you're at in your life. And, and I love that you can tailor that to yeah. every person's individual situation mm-hmm. because it is so much about, you know, he, I'm in healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. And healthcare is moving more and more towards everybody. You do the same thing for everybody. Right. And it doesn't take into account people's individual situations. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, everybody has unique needs and unique perspectives and where they're coming from. And, and by by assigning like one person, one, one system for all, you are completely ignoring everybody's own personal input. So, you know, cause I think sitting here, I think, gosh, if I were going to design a free cafe for everybody, well, at first I would just buy all the food and feed everybody. (laughs) (laughs) She really would. Yeah. Um, But I, I would be like, okay, so if you can't pay, then you have to wash dishes. Right. Mm -hmm. But not taking into account some people can't wash dishes, you know? So that's impressive. That that really is. That's that's cool. You guys are like on the streets living it. Well, and that's part of the reason that we don't seek out state and federal funding is Mm -hmm. because we don't want limitations on what we can do for people. There you go. You know, we want this to be the community caring for itself, taking care of itself and each other. And that's what it's all about, you know, and accepting, like you say, those individual people that have special needs or special desires, and maybe it stresses them out to go in the kitchen. You know, we don't know. We get a lot of people with social anxieties Mm -hmm. that come in there. Mm -hmm. Mental illness is such a huge part of that population. And we deal with that every day and that's okay. You know, we accept them as they they are and we love them through it and we do the best we can for them and we send them on their way, you know, that's, and they come back every day. You mentioned funding, and I want to ask about that in a moment. But before we move further, I feel like sometimes it's so good to put a story or a face and a name. Like, don't and the names are the privacy of your clients is so important, your customers. Yeah. But introduce us to one or two people that, that are parts of your lives. You just really want me to cry, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, Josh was like the Barbara Walters no. of the City's interviewing. No. Tell me about One Eagle Cafe. Well, no, let me uh, tell you about. Let me tell you about. Um, assuming, making assumptions about people. Thank you. Uh, A couple of those. You know, we've got, um, when we first started, there was a young man that came in that had on a really nice suit. Beautiful, really handsome guy. And he wore this suit almost every day. Um, And come to find out, he was homeless, but he didn't want people to know he was homeless. And that's why he dressed up in his suit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's assumptions. We assume that he's okay because he's wearing a nice suit. Right. But he was homeless and needing food and needed help and needed dignity and love. So mm. we gave it to him. Well, that 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 tears down the yeah. assumptions immediately. It does. Doesn't it? And another assumption is this 
older gentleman came in one afternoon when we closed, and we have some stragglers sometimes that come in I'm right sure when we do. close, yeah. and we're running to get them some food right quick, you know, because it's that's, still, what, you that's are. what you do. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> Ashley's worse at that than I am. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> but he came, he came in in an old pair of jeans and an old T-shirt, and I'm thinking he's just needing food, so I'm saying, hey, don't shut down yet. We need another meal. And he says, hey, are you still feeding kids for free? And I said, yeah, we are. And he said, well, I'd like to give you a little donation. Uh, and he wrote us a check for $1,000. Uh, this person that Lord. I thought needed a meal. you yeah. know. So that's right. the thing about assumptions, Joss. We just, oh, wow. we don't ever assume. You know, and because do you see lives really changing over a period of time? Absolutely. I mean, you get yeah. to make relationships with people, I'm sure. Well, there there is one family um, that I know they were coming in even way before um, I started working. And they have the sweetest children, and they would help clean up. They'd get their meal, um, and they'd help us clean up at the end of each day. And I think that they were in between jobs. Um, and now they they donate significant significant amounts amounts of money and they've donated to every us couple of weeks every so. couple of weeks this whole pandemic oh my gosh i mean it's and they were coming in for the free kids meals initially so they're they on their feet yeah and and they're contributing a large mm. amount of their income to us because mm. we were there at their lowest and mm. treated them like you like know. everybody else yeah <laughs> i love yeah. that oh yeah. my gosh and 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 well i tell you what when you help your, when somebody helps your kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's a whole different kind of love. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll fight for the death for you. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to receive the help for yourself. But if you see love for your child mm -hmm. from yeah. somebody that's a stranger, oh, my gosh, you're in for life. Yeah. That's great. You mentioned funding. You don't take state. You don't take government funding Correct. so that you can have freedom. Ashley, how are you getting funds because <laughs> it, it it's not for people paying for that delicious pot roast that I no. have there. It was... um, no. So again, we have been so grateful to have the community support, especially throughout this pandemic. So, you know, various organizations we've had, you know, Kiwanis do a fundraiser, the mm -hmm. Tri-Cities Women Who Care, you know, so various nonprofits in the area that have, um, contributed to our mission and, and given us money. And, like Michelle was saying, a good amount of people just show up with a check mm. um, or donate online through our social media asks or, you know, our newsletter. Just I think drawing awareness to the amount of people that we have increasingly served. I mean, we've doubled our numbers mm -hmm. um, since the pandemic from what we really used to do. oh yeah holy cow i wow. mean it's it's yeah, actually let me, let me give yeah. you some numbers <laughs> so last year total meals served was eighteen thousand five thirty six for the whole year okay? wow and 51 percent of that were people that paid for their meal okay okay, okay so just so, picture this restaurant yeah. owners yeah. half your clients pay correct yeah the other ones eat too right but don't pay right. exactly don't mean to interrupt no that's okay so but they do perform, I'm sorry, they do perform some yeah, vital so task are, that right, they would right, have they to pay somebody to do. That's what we like to so say. So they're, they're lowering the something. overhead. It's Correct. not a free meal. Because yes. everything that volunteers don't do, the five or six staff members that we have have, have to, to do. do. Yes. So, but yeah. it's not cash in your register. Correct. That's a huge It's not going to pay the light bill. Yeah. Right. It's not going to pay the rent. Right. Yeah. But 51% paying customers... I'm coming at this from a business perspective because right. I run my own office practice. Mm -hmm. And I think if I did free pediatric care 
for the people, for everybody, and you paid what you could. Right. But then I had somebody who would clean out the gutters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps. Oh, yeah. It does it help. It really, yeah. really does, does help. Yeah. It, that's going to, because yeah. otherwise I'm going to have to pay somebody three, $400 to clean out my gutters. Exactly it's really right. helpful. <laughs> so that was last year. Where that's smart. This so year? this year, just since March 23rd, when we switched over to all takeout, all at the door, dining room is closed, yeah. we've done 16,822 meals. <gasps> Holy cow. And it's not even the end of the it's year. It's not even the end of the year. And 93% are not paying for their meals. Oh, my word. Yeah. yeah. So oh. 7% are paying something. Not everybody pays the full $7. Some pay a dollar, some pay two, and that's okay. You've that gone from, is, from 579 to 7. Right. It's the, 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 the suggested donation amount for the medium portion. Oh yeah, my that goodness. doesn't cover the takeout materials and all that. And stuff, only 7% so. are paying? Only 7%, 7% are paying. Wow. Yeah. So that begs the question. How you doing? So the community is supporting us. Like Ashley said, they're doing fundraisers for us. They're sending us checks. They're going on fa- Facebook and making a donation or on our PayPal or whatever. And wow. that's how we're keeping the doors open. And you need, they're going you to our need Amazon people who list. can pay yeah. and to come in and get those to-go meals. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, I mean, helping, like she just said, with right. the Amazon, Amazon, Amazon wish list. Yeah. I mean, we obviously need supplies to continue doing takeout. Right. You know, so... Just going on Amazon and delivering it right to our door, that's very helpful. How do people find that? I'm Amazon done. It's on our website. You can, <laughs> okay. There's a link on the – if you go to the homepage, oneacrecafe.org, scroll down, you'll see Amazon wish list. Just click on that. It takes you right to our wish list. Mm-hmm. And you order, and it sends it straight to us. And they, you can buy the forks yep. for a week. You can buy I the gotcha. forks. You yep. can, and we use a lot of them because we're sure. serving 150 to 200 a day. So that's a lot of takeout. Materials. Between eleven and one. Between eleven and one, we we cut yeah. back the last hour. Golly, yeah. because we used to be open eleven to two. So eleven and one, we've like doubled. Yeah, we're yeah. recording this prior to your lunch rush. Are you right now thinking, oh my gosh? Yes. What's <laughs> <laughs> they're coming? We got to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> it's a big day, but you know it's okay. Every day's a big day. Thankfully, yeah. we have awesome staff. Members. Hey, this is going to be floating. We're going to drop. Have we, do we drop a pod? Is that what we do? We drop the pod. We're going to drop. Will drop on um, October the first. There's a term okay. I learned. We drop in drop the, pod. the pod. Yeah. On, okay. So we're heading into the holidays. You sounded so cool now, Josh. Yeah, he's hipping with it. <laughs> there are two teenagers who are about to interview you who might beg to differ. But I just want to make sure before. It's okay. The... I think I'm cool too. With uh, my we so, are, you know. daggone it. You have a teenager, I'm don't a you? 16 year old. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. golly. We should have, you should have brought her. She helped us start one acre. She's Darn been there it. From the I wish we knew. <laughs> okay, Prayers up, friend. But, She's um, at home doing school right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our teens are like going, we should be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so before we step out, yeah. Um, the the, uh, the coming up, we're moving into the holidays. Mm. So yeah. I, I happen to know that that is a big time for you guys, and there are some beautiful times for the community yeah. to step in. One of, one of the most one of my favorite things that you do is around the holidays is right. the certain meal special meals that you do. Yeah. So calendar it out for us at toward the end of the year. Well, normally we have our Thanksgiving meal the day before Thanksgiving and we have a Christmas meal right before we close for the Christmas holiday and it's a community meal it's free for the community. Um and normally we serve about 300 people. We don't know what that's going to look like this year. Right. So we're having a board meeting. We're going to discuss that to see where we are with things and if it's going to be takeout or if we're going to do something fancy outside or you know we don't know yet. 
So keep watching social media and find out because it's, so a, it's a big day. Is how you keep tabs on Thanksgiving all of this is our anniversary. Back. That's yeah. the first meal served at the cafe were yeah. 2013 Thanksgiving. Wow. Mm. So the first official meals, yeah. But yeah, social media is, I think, I mean, the best way to really keep tabs on, I mean, what we're serving every single day, yeah. um, any upcoming events, especially if you want to see numbers like we were just talking about. We try to be very transparent mm -hmm. um, on our social media because we want the community to know exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it. Right. Mm. That's that's really cool. Okay, well, I think we need to turn it over to the teens. I'm going to go out here and do some Amazon shopping on my phone. Ah. <laughs> Whereas I am Amazon dumb, Dr. Becky is a pro. Right, so <laughs> she knows her way around that app. <laughs> okay, this is the graceful moment for Elijah and Susanna come to the mics. Okay. And executive producer Layton hopes and prays no one bangs the mic and makes a really loud right. noise. Right. Yeah. Understand. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, I'm Susanna. I'm a senior at Elizabethan this year. Who has so. never been hungry? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, we're both pretty fortunate. Um, yeah, um, I'm Elijah. I'm a junior. Um, I'm homeschooled, uh, but I play sports for Elizabeth, and but okay. uh, it's really nice to meet you guys. Thank um, you. It's nice to meet I've you. I've heard both. so much about the One Acre Cafe for years. I, I still have yet to been, but um, oh. have yet to been. Good job. Have, have yet, Good yeah, job. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have yet to be there. Yeah. Um, well, you have to but, come. Yeah, I know. I've, <laughs> I've been seeing pictures of the food, and now I yeah. want to go like mm -hmm. there for lunch today, but I can't. But it's excellent food. What yeah, are we I having really today, Ashley? To. Hot dogs. Hot dogs today. Yeah. We had yeah. a big donation. Gotta Hot love dogs. the donations. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does that work? Do you get donations of food, or do you get the money yourself, and then you buy the food, and then both, and mm -hmm. then you just decide, mm -hmm. okay, this is what we have. This is what we're going to serve today. Yep. That's and it. Changes from Basically, we get food donations from a lot of different places. Some stores will give us some of their what we call rescued food, you know, where we that may be a bag of tomatoes and one's bad, you know, so we toss out the bad, we we compost the bad <laughs> and we use what's good. And then we get some donations from local farmers or we get discounted pricing from local farmers and we then we purchase what else we don't have and then our chef just comes in early in the morning and says, "Okay, we can do this with this and that with that." And she makes something beautiful for us to eat. So, And you have your own garden? We do have a garden space, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, we definitely do. It was a lot more fruitful in the summer months. We've yeah. cleared out most of the beds, but we had a lot of tomatoes. We have these, like, gigantic sunflowers, which obviously aren't edible, but they're beautiful. They make yeah. us happy. So, yeah. Um, but we had a lot of good stuff, a lot of lettuces, kales, things like that. So um, there's this pre-corona this one side dish the superfood salad oh, that everyone uh -huh. really liked the so we grew salad. a bunch of kale this year because we were like yeah we're gonna do all kale from our garden for the superfood salad then the pandemic happened and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, we we used other things for the kale but it, it was just this whole plan that we had but yeah um it was a volunteer that had some experience in gardening and he just came and made it beautiful for us. And we utilized a lot of that. We have potatoes in the ground right now um, and a lot of herbs and things like that. So that's, that's sort of where we're at um, with it, but it's a fun little that's side cool. thing. It's really cool. I just think the community involvement that you guys have is so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The support. Yeah. And it really so is. So many different types of people. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, as teens, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk kind of about it's, uh, they touched on it, but it's a less covered subject, um, which is the teens that you are having to, uh, serve. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to know how many you are serving and um, in what ways they're struggling. Do you typically see? Well, um, we have a kids eat free program that's for like kids 12 and under um, where they can eat free anytime. But we feed kids for free. I mean, teens for free, obviously. Um, and it's not as apparent, I think, to us when a teenager comes in and they're hungry because they're they're very good at not showing that side, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're good chameleons. Um, but so I don't know that it's as apparent to us when a, a teenager comes in, that's in need. We do see that in the family network, you know, the whole family may come in with teenagers and we do have a lot of teens that volunteer for their meal. Um, and then a lot of teenagers that come in and do their service learning or whatever they need for school, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think more s- so teens up to even college, I think especially being in the area that we're in with ETSU and things like that, um, there are a lot of food insecure individuals in this community than we'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when they're in their high school years into ETSU, like in that transitional time in their lives, um, they've been through a lot. A lot of them don't have that family support or network and they come to us and they come to us very often and they find us for that support. So I think for some reason it is something that we're not always zoned in on. Well, like I said, I think it's just because the teenagers themselves don't want us to be, you know, they may come to us privately and say, Hey, I'm, can I have some extra food? I'm staying in my car. I'm staying yeah. with a friend or, you know, things like that, that a lot of them, if they are considered homeless, they're staying with someone or couch surfing as we right. call it. So we may not know unless they come to us, trust us enough to come to us and say, I'm in need and I need your help, you know? Right. And that's okay. So, I mean, yeah, again, we treat absolutely. everyone with dignity and everyone's the same. So, you know, regardless, they'll come to us mm-hmm. and they'll get their meal and they'll feel that love and get the nourishment that they need. Um, and, you know, yeah. Sometimes yeah. we know, sometimes we don't. Totally makes sense to so, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, trying to put myself in a pair of shoes. I don't it's even hard understand. to imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is hard. Yeah, but I, I totally understand why they do that. Yeah. Um, is there a message that you would like to give to these teens, uh, impoverished or not, whether they're in need or they have an opportunity to help or give? Um, what message would you have to teens in this area? Well, I think the cafe is a perfect place for teenagers because – they can learn job skills. They can eat good food. They can be loved and supported right where they are in life. It doesn't matter who they are, where they've come from, what's been going on. They get the same love as everybody else. And they get they can volunteer and learn job skills, you know, that they might not. And it's a safe space to learn, you know, where um, a lot of teenagers will come to us. They haven't even had a job before. So we get to train them on how to be a good employee and how to wait tables and how to, you know, do all the things and do it well so that when they do go out and get a job, they've already got some experience, you know. It's just a great, fun place to volunteer. It really is a lot of fun there. We have a blast, you know. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I mean, I worked in restaurants since I was 15 and up. So if I I were to have had a place like One Acre, I I would like to see maybe where I would be today, you know. But um, I, I think it's just such a safe haven to learn and to grow. And we love the energy of young people, too. Um, you know, yes, sometimes, definitely. yeah, <laughs> um, like we've had Ashley Academy students come and, you know, they were in middle school and then we've had all the way up to, you know, various high school organizations and things like that, Boy Scouts, whatever. Um, 
And I just get so much energy uh, whenever they come in their group because they are so ready and eager to learn and to serve their community. And it is a very eye-opening experience for them, too, because I don't think they realize, like, what they were actually getting into. And then they realize that it's actually kind of hard. Um, You know, service... Service in a community is hard Mm -hmm. um, and restaurant work is hard. So I think giving them those skills um, at a, in a way that is, is, I don't know the word. It's like, there's no. Well, we're giving them grace. Yeah. Yeah. We know you're going to make mistakes. We know that. You can (laughs) totally mess up. We'll fix it. And it's okay. Like it's totally fine. Don't cut somebody's finger off. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we're just trying to say it's like a super just safe, energetic, fun environment to be in. So that's what a lot of people need. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Especially teenagers, you know, they need kind of a chance to either find themselves or just express just grow in a safe in environment. environment. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah. a teenager is hard. Yeah. It's really hard. It's cushion space <laughs> that they can do stupid stuff and have a little bit of convenience. Yep. Totally. Before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said you've been working in restaurants since you were 15. Are you guys, did you go to culinary school or anything no, like that? No, no. I had zero restaurant experience when we started this. That's why we all thought Jan was crazy. None of us had restaurant experience except Beverly. Yeah, her story's fun. Yeah. Because she comes from a whole different I come corporate. from the corporate world, so this was a really? big eye-opener for me. Yeah. yeah. Because oh. you were, so you, Michelle, you were there from the very beginning. From, yes, I was one um, of the founders. Yeah. I was wondering, actually, when did you get involved with all of this? I'm I'm almost on, I think, my second is I'm going into my second I think second it's second year, yeah. Year. Yeah. <laughs> it all runs together. It really feels like ten years. <laughs> yeah, but it does. you know, it's only I don't know been what I've years. done without her all this time. I really don't. <laughs> um, but I I've so I went to ETSU, I'm an mm-hmm. alumni, whatever. Um but I've always been interested in food. I've always been infatuated with food and just how it brings people together and the just the community orienting behind it. Um, whether that be local food or restaurant or things like that. So I guess for me, um, I just saw this place as literally the most perfect job and opportunity I could ever ask for. I mean, it's like I always tell people, I'm like, this is the best serving job I've ever had because I've worked in so many different restaurant settings and they can be kind of intense, you know, and and this is just this was your true calling. Yeah. And I just, I love every day just being out on the floor, serving, training, working with the volunteers. It's just, it's still fast paced, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, but manageable. And, and it's like a new experience every single day. It's not boring. And yeah. I yeah. love that. So yeah. I love people that love people. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely love them. Yes, yeah. we do. And not just love them because they feel like they should be doing good, but love them because they genuinely feel passionate yeah. about what they do. Well, we just, I mean, I genuinely, almost every person that comes through that door, like they're my friend. Like yeah. when they come to get their meal, I ask how their kids are, I ask how they're doing, I ask, mm-hmm. you know, how their day's been. I ask, you know, I, I know their life. Like yeah. and and Michelle does. And we as do well. the same like, thing serving at the door with takeout. Yeah. We're constantly checking in with these folks and how are you doing? Do you have a place to stay tonight? Do you need yeah. anything extra? Have you got a coat? Do you need gloves? You know, we're just making sure that they're safe and cared for. Not and, because we know. have to, but because we really want to and we yeah. actually really because we care love them about them yeah. like yeah. i love these people um <laughs> i i know i i bag groceries at, at ingles in elizabethan and uh i know it's 
it's very hard, at least for me. So I, I respect you guys for doing it. You know, like you, you, you're seeing so many people yeah. in a single day and it could, I imagine, be easy to be so friendly towards them at first, but you know, there's so many going by, it would be easy for a lot of people just for them just to become another face. Right. And it really takes um, a natural talent and uh, a love for these people to be able to see every single person as their own yeah. valuable person. And not become compassion fatigued. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. And it's hard. I mean, yeah. it really is hard. I'm not going to sit here and say it's an easy thing, but those are, that's really good words right there. That's because, a good word. You know, we, yeah. we do suffer with, with burnout, with, you know, all the things that happen. doing good, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is hard. That's a good one, girl. Write that down. You may need that later. Yeah, that's a good one. Actually, I've never. That's you just blew my mind. Thank you. Well, not you know, not every person comes up there with a smile on their face when they're coming to get their food, and and we still just have to love them through it. You know, they're not always happy when they come up there. There are definitely hard days. We're sitting here painting this amazing picture, and it is an amazing picture. But there are some days that we sit down and we are compassion fatigued. And we just and we just have to recognize that they have bad days too, just like we do. And it's okay for us to have a bad day. And we get up and we start all over the next day. You know, and that's okay. Honestly, yeah, yeah, that's it. How many of your customers are regulars, like Mm. people that are coming like there all the time? I think all of them. them. I mean, really, we. (laughs) I I mean, Ashley will point out, hey, I saw some new faces today, or hey, we've had extra people today, or you know, things like that. I mean, we notice if it's somebody that we haven't seen before. Most definitely, and we we notice when we don't see them. You know, if we if there's somebody we haven't seen in a few days, we notice. We get worried. So you, you would say that you've grown personal relationships with. Oh, absolutely, most definitely. That's really cool. And some of these people have been going there for how many years? Since the beginning. Since the beginning. beginning. Yeah. Not all. I mean, you know, during this time, during COVID, we have seen a lot of new faces, but now they're regulars, you know, now they're family and it's just, yeah. I mean, they're all family to us. And I mean, it's always growing. Yeah. And I guess a hope for me, like with what you said with the pandemic and the way that we're doing takeout, I hope that now that we've established these relationships with them and we do consider them family, that once we do open our doors, they'll come in. Yeah. You know, because it's like prior, would they have stepped through the door? Um, you know, yeah, and and we don't know the answer to that. But well, a now, lot of them have even said we didn't even know this place was here. We didn't know that's what you did. We didn't know we could come or in. Or they're confused you know. by our our yeah. model, whatever you know, soup kitchen or not soup kitchen, or you mm-hmm. know, it's all over the place. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm hopeful that after all of this is passed, that we'll be able to have a lot more people coming in to help us out and to keep being nourished and loved. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So um, how can people reach you? Uh, so our our website is oneacrecafe.org. Um, you can go there. All the information's on there. We actually post our menu every day. There's a tab that says menu, and you can click on that and see what we have before you make the trek down to One Acre. Um, and our social media pages, uh, specifically Instagram and Facebook, is where we post things. We also have a newsletter that you can sign up for as well. Um, there's a a tab on Facebook that you can do that. So we send out, you know, we've been doing like a quarterly newsletter, just yeah, giving roughly. some, some <laughs> updates, you know, we like to do every month, but you know, yeah. pandemic. So, um, <laughs> I think that's, yeah. Is that, yeah. You can call us, you can email us info at oneacrecafe.org. DM us all the things. Yeah, all the we'll things. answer. Ashley will probably even add you to her Facebook as a friend. DM. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. Send me a personal yeah. friend request. I yeah, don't have well, a lot of whatever. boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to share? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, you guys so. have covered everything. We really out. appreciate yeah. you. We're just so grateful for the opportunity. It's oh, been yeah. so no, we're, great we're to talk about it, and especially, I, I really enjoyed talking to a younger set of people because yeah. you guys really did ask some questions that I hadn't really thought about. So I really appreciate that perspective. It's been yeah. an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys so much. Time. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening to Doing Good, the podcast. And you can find us if you'd like to hear more at our website at we'redoinggood.com or on Facebook or Instagram at We're Doing Good. So please like our pages and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We all have something that we can be doing. So just take the first step. Everybody show some love and do some good. Have a great day. Bye.